Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, Post-Dispatch, joined by the Post-Dispatch beat reporters, Tom Timmerman and Jim Thomas, uh, both in the STL as the Blues uh, trying to stay afloat, guys. And, uh, man, I guess they can't wait to get on the road again uh, (laughs) because, JT, this team is, uh, you know, playing in front of a lot of cardboard. Not a very good home ice team. No, no. What, what are they? Uh, they've won two of their last 10 home games. And uh, uh, creepily, uh, the cardboard, every day it seems like the cardboard cutouts multiply. I think sooner or later, maybe they're going to like take over Enterprise and we have some kind of sci-fi movie here. Really? What's going on standard. when we're not there? You know? Yeah. What is going on when we're not there? And then <laughs> lately, this last homestand, occasionally you'll see real live humans in with a cardboard cutout. So... What is a cut cutout? What's a human? And what's blues hockey right now? I mean, uh, uh, we, 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 we just don't know. They, maybe they can rediscover their mojo on the road, but you kind of get the feeling they're just going to have to grin and well, they're probably not grinning, but they're just going to have to bear this for, for the next few weeks until they get some guys back. Yeah. It's really, it's really a matter of wince and bear it right now for these guys. Cause it is, uh, this, this, this is not good. And who knows, if, who knows when they go on the road with uh, San Jose's got a situation uh, right now where they've had a game postponed, which is the Blues' next destination. So maybe they won't let them go on the road uh, just yet. Oh, that would not be good. I think they're dying to get away uh, again. Because they seem to be, I mean, on the flip side, they've managed to, uh, to be a pretty good road team. But, but JT, I guess the, uh, the story of the hour is, uh, as it has been for much of the season, uh, our injuries. And, and I guess the, uh, the tough one for everybody was uh, Carl Gunnarsson, because while Carl's not going to win a Norris Trophy at this point in his career, he's such a well-liked guy uh, within the group, uh, such a good pro, you know, a great guy for the, uh, for the scribes. He's just, you know, j- just a a calming presence for the group personality wise. And when he's on the ice, he settles things down. And at this point in his career, he did not need to blow up his knee, but, but it happened. Yeah. And, and uh, Tom and I, and, and some of the other regulars in the press box, we, 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 as the season's gone on, we've been talking about how at times, although he's still crafty at times, he just looks slower, you know, and that, you know, uh, uh, time catches up with, uh, with everybody, especially uh, athletes. And so, you know, this could be it for him as a blue, for him as a player. He'll, he'll be 35 next fall and coming off. It's probably an ACL. You would, uh, uh, you, you would think, and it's just, uh, it, it really is sad, uh, that, that, you know, another example of a lot of times you, you don't get to, you don't get to pick how you go out as an athlete, whether it be as, as, as a blues player or as a, uh, uh, just as a player uh, in general. And uh, yeah, uh, just a, a guy that will forever live in uh, Blues lore. We, we, we know of something called the urinal game now, a uh, game two of the Stanley Cup final because of uh, Boom Boom Gunnarsson. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough to see him lying on the ice in pain. And you can imagine what his teammates who spent so much time with him over the years, how, how they were feeling to, to, to see that. Yeah, you know, it, it, Carl Gunnarsson kind of sneaks up on you. I mean, he's been here a long time. I mean, seven years you know, with the Blues. I mean, this is a guy who has been as much a fixture on this team, you know, as any, as, especially as we've seen the changing of the guard here in the last couple of years. I mean, and I don't know that he would have been a guy you thought was going to be this guy who was always around, but 
um, he is. And, and now, strangely, like Robert Bortuzzo is kind of the guy who's been around for a long time. And certainly when the Blues acquired Bortuzzo, who is now going to have to start doing more because he's going to be playing, looks like, every day. Um, you know, he was a guy who was a depth defenseman they acquired. He's now been here, you know, six seasons. So it's been a while. And just to, uh, and one more point on, on Carl is, you know, you need guys in pro sports like, uh, like Carl. And uh, maybe if I'm thinking about the Cardinals, I would look at a guy like a, a Skip Schumacher who, who's just, you know, played forever. Then, you know, went into, went into the field staff side of it, you know, uh, working with uh, players is segued right into uh, career after baseball. Just, you need professionals. You need guys that'll do it, you know, move in and out at times in the lineup, move up and down in the lineup play a bigger role at times, a lesser role at times, but always show up and have the same sort of professional approach. And I guess Carl would be a guy that you would just put on your list of athletes you've covered that, that fits that, uh, fits that model. Yeah. And always there, always ready to go, whether he's, he's, he's been playing every day for a month or been out of the lineup for, for a, 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 a couple of weeks. And, and uh, you know, you, you, Looking at him go down and looking at the defenseman, it was I, I I'd not done the math until yesterday. There's only now with Pareko out of the lineup, there's only two of the seven defensemen that were in the Stanley Cup run are with the team. It's Pareko. Pareko's out. So you had Dunn and Bortuzzo in the lineup last night of, of, of the seven Stanley Cup defensemen. And it's not like the Stanley Cup was 10 years ago. It was just two years ago. So it just... In, in a sense, the decor, it, it just, it doesn't look like the blues. There's no, there's no Edmondson there. There's no uh, Petro. There's, there's, uh, uh, there's no uh, uh, Bowmeister and now no uh, uh, Gunnarsson. So it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's strange to see. Yeah, Carl was just, he was a low maintenance guy and you could just have him there and you could count on him and he'd be in the room and he was just uh, a fixture and he, you know, you knew what you would get and, but you didn't have to worry about him. He was never going to be someone like, Oh no, what are we, you know, what's going to happen with Carl Gunnarsson? That was not the case. He was just, you know, a dependable guy. And I mean, we all have stories from talking to him and, you know, he was a great quote and he was always willing to talk uh, from a sports writer's point of view. He, he was you know, wonderful to be, he was just a nice guy. I mean, you could just, Carl Gunnarsson was a guy you could just talk about life with. You didn't have to talk about hockey with, you just could, you know, he was a human being. Uh, and speaking of segueing to, um, you know, missing defenseman, Colm Pareko uh, tried to play hurt. Uh, that became increasingly problematic. Uh, now he's trying to get healthy. But, uh, you know, JT, are we looking at a situation where uh, you, we're not to expect uh, Colm uh, 55 back anytime soon? Well, what's he missed now? He's missed already four or five game games. Backs are tricky. It sounds like they're, they're trying to treat it. You know, you can inject the back and if it's a bulging disc or herniated disc or something like that, and maybe that'll calm it down. But uh, I don't know if necessarily, and I guess that's the hope for the blues, uh, just resting it will, will, will help. It could be something that, uh, uh, that uh, lingers. And, and uh, so it, 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 it was, you know, some people say the Blues have been painful to watch lately. It was those last couple, three, four games with Pareko out there. It was, it was, it it, it was kind of painful to watch. I'm sure it was painful for him him to play. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll see if he if if he comes on the trip. I mean, we haven't he hasn't been near the ice since they 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 shut him down, and uh, I'm sure they've got some kind of prescribed plan that they're not telling us that they're gonna you know 
shut them down for maybe X amount, uh, uh, X amount of weeks, but it, it's something to be concerned about. Yeah. They, you know, they haven't put him on IR, which you know, says they right now, at least they think, you know, he's, he's, he's coming back and who knows when um, part of that is part of that is they haven't needed the roster spot for him. But um, yeah, I mean, that's one of those keys to making this, you know, whole thing work without him on defense. That's just, that that's a big hole to fill. And so that's, that's going to be an issue going forward here. As we look at other injuries, um, is it possible that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko could return before Tyler Bozak for sure? And maybe Jaden Schwartz, who's, you know, another, unfortunately, once again in his career has, uh, has been, uh, been knocked out with, would seem like it wasn't really going to be, it didn't sound like it was going to be anything long-term, but it's, like with Colton, it's turning into that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And Schwartz is one where none, none of us really saw what might or might not have happened. It's, it's, a, it's a lower body injury. He's been out longer, and, and we haven't seen him uh, close to the rink. We, we thought Bozak would be the – looked like he was the first guy back. He skated a couple days, a morning skate. He was with the team on Monday, and then he skated on his own Tuesday. He was supposed to skate in the morning skate, according to Craig Berube, on Wednesday, and he wasn't there, and I asked – Ruby about it. He said, no, he didn't skate on his own. And so he's had a setback. I think it's pretty obvious. This is a concussion just from uh, how it happened and just kind of the way Baruby has just just described it. And Bozak's and he's talked openly about it in the past. He's had some concussion issues. We're talking about now, this is a month since that hit from Mark Stone and it aggravates blues fans. I'm sure blues players, when they think about it, uh, just kind of a dirty play. Uh, the puck was nowhere, nowhere near Bozak. He kind of surprised Bozak and, uh, uh, you know, apparently he's had some kind of setback because Baruby said the other day, uh, yesterday that he's, he, he's, he's not ready yet. So he must experience some, uh, some, uh, symptoms. And that's, I think that's, that's really troubling. I guess we haven't had too much good news so far at the net front, but that's, you know, that that's kind of, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of disturbing with Bozak. And again, he's another guy. He's further along in his career, uh, right around uh, 34, 35. He's got children. I'm sure he's thinking about a lot of things right now. So I, I, I don't know who's back uh, next. You know, with Thomas, we're, we're talking about probably late to, to end of March. Same with uh, Barbashev. Uh, could Vladimir Tarasenko be, be the first guy back among all those guys? I mean, possible. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, the, one of the tough parts about all this is, is there's nothing but uncertainty as to which of these guys is going to be back or when they will be back. You know, Pareko and Schwartz have been described as day-to-day, but they are now into week-to-week. Um, and and there's, it's just mysterious as to when these guys might come back and when, how long this stretch of injury-laced uncertainty will go on because there's no one that's that close to coming back. And so, yeah, it could be, it could end up being Tarasenko and it, um, it almost better be him because he at least, you know, that does something for you there. And it's, it's the most clear cut of them all. I mean, you'd, you'd hate to think Barbashev or Thomas is the first one back because they're, you know, a month away still. So, yeah, it, I think they would also benefit, you know, they, they got to start getting people back because it's just, this is not sustainable uh, what it is right now. Yeah, we're going to look at both uh, up front and, and, and in the back uh, because there's a strain created uh, both areas. Uh, let's start with the forwards. I mean, you're, you're missing so many guys, you know, and 
you look at Jaden Schwartz, he's a, he's terrific on the four check. He's an offensive contributor. He's a key piece of your chemistry in your top six. Uh, when he's out there and when he's playing at a high level, he sort of he really embodies what this team wants to do. Bozak's a handy guy, wins, draws, you know, can move around, play in the middle, play on the wing, play on the third line, move up from time to time on the second line, help you on the power play a bit. You know, just and Thomas was supposed to have a breakout year. And, and Barbershev, a valuable piece on the checking line that can move up in the lineup. Um, you know, you just – these are important guys. I mean, you're, you've, you've taken hits in your top six, you've taken hits in your bottom six and, uh, and it's hard to assemble a working lineup. Uh, you've got two, two energy lines and kind of two scoring lines, although at any given time, only one of them might be going. So JT, it's uh, the chief keeps trying to move parts around, but you know, as we saw with Sammy Blay moving up, trying to get an opportunity to play in a top six role, it does uh, easier said than done. Yeah, and uh, it, it's like uh, uh, Barubi's trying to play a chess game, and he's 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 missing a bunch of chess pieces. He's only got so many things he can he can move around. You're right; they're they're essentially playing with two fourth lines, you know. Uh, and these are guys that try hard, and they are energy guys, but they're not scorers, you know. Mackenzie McEachern's played in 10, 12 games, and he hasn't scored yet. Pagansky's up to about six, uh, six, seven games, and. And uh, he, he hasn't come close to scoring. He had a two-on-one, a promising uh, uh, rush uh, uh, last night. <laughs> he, he passed the puck instead of shooting it. Uh, you know, uh, David Perron, who, who's great in his own way on the big picture questions, he said, no, instead of uh, fretting about this, this should all, all the players that started out the season on the taxi squad that were on the outside, this should be a moment of great excitement, opportunity. Here's your chance to – to, to get a foothold in the league, to, to, to make a statement, uh, Jacob De La Rose here, 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 here's your chance. And okay. They're trying hard. It, it looks good, but nothing's really, really getting done here. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, there's only so much they can do They they've run out of taxi squad guys they're, they're calling up guys from Utica. Now, uh, Steven Santini is uh, the latest guy, the defenseman to, to be called up. Uh, you got Dakota Joshua. I don't think he was he on any of our radars uh, uh, when we went to the net front in the preseason where we thinking, okay, we need to talk about Dakota Joshua too, you know? So, and then we, we, you know, Nathan Walker. Okay. He, he, he's a heck of an AHL player, but really, uh, you know, he's, he's not really a scorer in the, uh, in the NHL sense. So uh, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it, 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 it's a tough picture. And, uh, you know, it's even a guy like Sammy Blay, this is a chance for him to, okay, here, you can get a chance to you can play on one of the, the top two lines or Zach Sanford to kind of snap out of his funk. And it's just, it's just not really happening. Now, Sammy, he was hitting everything that moved last night. He had six hits in the, in the first period, but it takes a, you know, it takes a little more than that. You, you said, Ruby's playing a chess game, but he's playing a chess game where he's, he's already lost two rooks, a knight, and a bishop. I mean, he's got he's playing with a bunch of pawns out there and 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 trying to win, and that becomes a really hard thing uh, to do, you know, because with the injuries, they kind of they they multiply because when you you know, you lose top three top two line guys, so you have to move up guys from the bottom lines, and so you know Austin Pagansky is not going to be the guy that turns this team around. You know, he's going to be a bottom six guy, but he's, he's just, he's going to be ultimately Austin Pagansky. And, 
that's the, the you know the highway for them to get better is narrowing because they don't have the players to do it you can if you've got Bozak and Pareko and Thomas and Barbership that's more guys that can help you get through this but now they're getting through this they're going to have to try to get through this with potentially you know Nathan Walker or you know the aforementioned Dakota Joshua that's probably not going to be the way to do it you need those guys and so that's another problem right now is if Ryan O'Reilly is not at his best if David Perron is not his best that's how are you going to get better you need those guys to do it because they're the only ones who can do it right now and I want to do say one thing that's even could make things even scarier um, except for the the, the brief scare on Sammy Blay, this team has avoided the uh, the COVID curse. And other teams have had to come back with a bunch of guys missing because of COVID and try to play. Imagine if COVID hit this team with all the guys who are injured, and now you get some guys who get exposed to COVID. I mean, they would have to be they, – they have to find a way to get uh, Costin back from Russia, even though he's supposed to finish out the season. I mean, you're just – who would they put out there if, if, God forbid, four or five guys got sick, like we've seen elsewhere, where teams like the, the Flyers had to come back with six, seven guys missing and pl- try to play? Imagine if this team got COVID. <laughs> Why did you have to go there, Jeff? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they shut it down. What, what, what do they do? Because, like, like we said, three or four of these guys are not going to be back any anytime uh, soon, and. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe you, uh, even if he has to quarantine for a couple of weeks, maybe you send an SOS for Clem Costin. But uh, look, look at how bad the uh, the Blues' luck has been, too. Look what happened to poor Marco Scandella last night. I mean, that wasn't even a direct shot, the entry pass to the face. That was a bank shot off the board that hit him flush on the face. What are the odds of that happening, you know, <laughs> on an entry pass? And so he missed the uh, – he missed the entire third period. So we're, we're kind of getting used to see that. Okay. It's the third period. Blues, you got to take a defenseman off the ice. You got to go with five because that's, that's, uh, uh, that's our new uh, uh, um, uh, method of operation for, for, for you guys. But yeah. Yeah. Heaven forbid if, uh, if uh, any of the blues or a bunch of the blues get COVID, although, you know, that they had quite a few uh, back in July, maybe, maybe they have a little bit of herd immunity right now. Yeah, but get to know those uh, you know longtime minor leaguers, the Sam Annises of the world, uh, in Utica. But uh, yeah, the the you know we talked about the Blues having depth, but you know no team has that much depth, and no team has top two line guy depth. You have third and fourth line guy depth because if they were top two line depth, they'd be playing in the NHL. And so it's you know they've got a they got a lot of depth guys, but they are uh, you know lower or bottom six guys. Yeah, can I uh, can I butt in here, Jeff? D? It, I think it points to the fact too. There, there's so many injuries, and again, we talk about depth. It, the, I think the Blues had depth up front. Maybe three guys are out or whatever, but it points to organizationally at forward. And we we've talked about this before up at the net front. The cupboard is pretty bare at forward in the organization. They've they've traded over the years a bunch of first round picks. For to get the uh, O'Reillys, to get the Shens in the trade. And, and you know, you're all for it because Doug Armstrong saw a window of opportunity. Let's go for it. Let's go for it as a uh, Stanley Cup uh, uh, contender. The window's open, but, uh, you know, they're, 
they've only they've only brought in what one or two uh, draft picks in about the last four or five drafts. They've they've traded a bunch of them off, and it it's just not there. It, especially at forward, it, it's a little bit better at defense, but it's just not there at forward. Once you get past uh, uh, maybe the top prospect or two. And when we look at uh, on the defensive side, um, there's been some good news and some bad news uh, through all this. Like you say, just two of the seven cup uh, winning uh, members of the core of that core are in this core right now. That's, that's pretty jarring. Um, on the, the plus side, I mean, I, I still, I, every time I watch Justin Falk play, I, I'm just like shaking my head. Cause I mean, he's playing well, but it's not just that it's compared to how he played last year. I still can't imagine how it's possible. And he's logging a lot of minutes now and he's, he's doing the work. He's not perfect, but man, he's making a lot of good plays for a guy that made very few good plays a year ago. Yeah. Just look at the, the, the 180 for him. He's gone from that uh, being, being scorned and, and uh, almost universal uh, uh, criticism, at least by uh, the blues nation, so to speak. Now he's wearing an A he's gone from, from that uh, for, uh, in, in uh, uh, less than a calendar year's time. And, and so he's playing well. I mean, Krug has been, I guess the biggest disappointment with Krug is it just hasn't clicked with the uh, power play, the, the eight for 62 power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season, but his five on five play has been, uh, been uh, uh, pretty good. I, I think Vince Dunn has made more kind of the, I don't know what you'd call them rockhead plays than, than, than usual. He, you know, I, I thought near the end of last season, he was really, he was playing better in the defensive zone. And so you, you go through the guys, Bortuzzo's Bortuzzo, you, you know what he's going to get. Scandell is okay. Uh, you know, but better than okay, but he's not quite uh uh, Bowmeister. So th- that's another kind of underlying thing for a variety of reasons. I mean, the, the defense isn't as good as it was last year. And we thought we've talked about how this might be a different identity for the team, more offensive minded before, you know, 27 guys got injured and maybe a little less skilled defense, but it's all, it's all kind of working against them right now. Yeah. I mean, the defense has done, you know, a, a decent job. The thing is, this is a team right now that has like no margin for error. They're scoring so little that they, they need to win games three to two and they can't, they're not going to win many games five to four. So that defense has got to be on top of its game on everything. And just like, a, you know, a mistake, like when, you know, Krug and Falk, you know, Ayafala goes in between them to put in the rebound. You can't let that happen because it just, it makes the hole that much deeper the Blues now are going to have to score, you know, wow, Blues are going to, have to score two goals. My God, you know, to, <laughs> to win. So that, I mean, this is a team right now that two goals is asking a lot of them. So, I mean, you're talking about a defense that needs to be, um, you know, perfect almost for 60 minutes uh, to help this team get out of this hole. Yeah. Well, if it made anybody feel better, Falk did clearly feel shame about that play. Uh, he did not just shrug that off. He, he, he took that one hard because that, that was unfortunate. And, you know, I mean, the, the problem is, too, for the Blues is they're fight through this period. I mean, they're catching a Kings team that's playing really good. I mean, their veterans are playing at a high level. They have five of them left from the cup run, and they've got them with a bunch of kids who are buzzing around. And and I want to say this real, just as a sidetrack here, Ken Holland's a moron. <laughs> Ken Holland trades two second-round picks for uh, for Anthony Sioux. They can't find a use for him. The Kings get them off the, off the pile. And 
he looks really good for that team. That's he adds a little more speed to that team. Meanwhile, you know, the Edmonton's never going to have a bottom six because they can't figure that out. Ken Holland left a mess in Detroit, a bunch of terrible contracts. He he blew that, gave up two number two picks for Anthony Sea, then just turned him out. I, I like the Kings a lot, and you, the Blues caught him at the wrong time, man. The, buzzing around with the young guys, after to see you off the pile. The veterans all playing like it's five years ago. Kopitar, Brown, Dowdy, you know. So <laughs> really poor timing for the Blues. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I You know, in all professional sports, all team sports, a lot of times it's not, you know, who you're playing. It's it's when you're playing them, and and. Uh, the Blues are catching the, the the Kings at the you know about the worst time uh, possible. We we were talking as as we left the the rink last night, shaking our heads, of course, over what happened. No, uh, about how the Kings look so much different than last year, especially defensively. My gosh, they're 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 playing so tight. They've got that one three one uh, trap going on in in the back end. That's clearly frustrated the blues over the two games it doesn't even look like the same team and, and you're right that all these veterans the the dowdies the kopitars uh uh the carters the browns that we thought out you know they're they're, they're they've about had it they 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 looked uh, uh they look revived so uh uh you know we we went into this 10 game stretch of california teams saying yeah, seven and three eight and two for for the blues this is when they'll they'll make their hay because they have that stretch, the final 30 games after they come back from the six game California trip where 13 of 30 blues games, basically every other game are against uh, uh, Vegas or Colorado, but uh, uh, California doesn't look like such a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a good place for, for, for the blues anymore. You know, San Jose's playing a little better. I, I don't think Anaheim's, they, they look about the same, but uh yeah, it's a it's a little different outlook than than what we were uh, expecting going into this, and I'm I'm sure what the Blues were expecting going into this stretch. Yeah, this is not going to be a spa week uh, when they uh, when they go to California. Um, you know, is looking at the at the division and at the start, you you thought you know Colorado, Vegas, the Blues at the top, and then teams battling for fourth, and uh, Los Angeles or Minnesota could be that team for fourth. Um, you know, the Blues right now in points percentage in the division are in sixth place. I mean, they, they may be second overall in points, but in points percentage, which ultimately may end up being what decides the playoffs if everyone doesn't play the same number of games, they're in sixth place. I mean, they're, you know, they're behind Arizona now as well. I mean, they, you know, they've got some, they've got some work to do here. And so it is a very tightly bunched group. And since you're only games within the division, lots can change quickly, but um, you know, they're they're on the outside and the division maybe you know Arizona is showing incredible abilities in the last week um it's the division looks a little different on some regards than it did when we went into this thing okay uh, last topic on net front presence before we let JT and Tom get on with their lives we'll go back to a sore topic uh the, the power play but first some good news it's true the blues did not score on the power play however they got a, they got several bumper touches. So they were able to uh, repeatedly feed the bumper. And so you could check that box thinking, okay, blues feed bumper. So that's a step <laughs> towards perhaps uh, cup contention. However, besides the fact they were able to feed the bumpers um, on multiple occasions, oh man, the Chiefs, once again, he's, he moves the parts around trying to get chemistry. And, you know, they do have enough good players for two power play units, maybe not for a full lineup. 
but they have enough for two power play units. JT, why can't they get this fixed? What's going on, JT? First off, you don't like the bumper concept, do you? Uh, I just had to bring it back up. Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. No. Uh, yeah. No, it, it, it is the most befuddling thing of this entire season. And, and, and you're right. Other than uh, Schwartz being out and Pareko a little bit, all these injuries are not really power play guys. Their first power play is, is a group that they've used all year. And okay, you, you, you've got Zach Sanford now on the uh, on the second power play, and that probably he probably would not be there. Certainly not if Schwartz was there. But you still got a lot of good guys, and it, it's it's just uh, it's just befuddling. You had the second best power play, at least since this has been official stats since the the late seventies uh, in terms of efficiency in Blues history last year, and you brought in Mike Hoffman. What forty percent of his goals almost are on the power play. You bring in Tory Krug. Oh my gosh, the, the the maestro, the point guard of the powerful Boston power play. We were joking; they're going to score in every power play, and, and the opposite has happened. So I can't, I I I can't explain it. The the chief is uh, he's moved guys around. Just what what it was just one or two net fronts ago. We were talking about oh Piranha's really happy with Falk on the top unit. He likes having that right hander. You know, wink wink. Maybe he lobbied a little bit for this. Well, that lasted just three games. Now we're back to Krug on the on the first unit and Falk back there. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe Tom can explain it. Um, well, considering that they have used every combination of of humanity possible on this, I mean, and, until we start seeing, you know, Jacob Della Rose on the power play, but you know, it, there comes a time and people say well, they need to change the scheme. You know, I, I think, you know, schemes and combinations, they've run out. I mean, it's the, just the guys aren't performing. You know, there's whether it's, you know, not keeping the puck in or they're losing the first face off and they never get set up for, you know, a minute and a half. Um, it, you know, it, it just doesn't work. And or they'll get in and they'll pass and pass. Hey, look, we're passing the puck, but no one's shooting the puck. Um, and then they, when they want to be aggressive, then they turn it over. And so, I, you know, they've, they've got to do, I think, power play things better. I mean, they're, you know, because they can do it. And for some reason right now, no one can do it. They clearly are guys who can do it. Um, and I, you know, I, and I don't think there's a magic equation that Jim Montgomery or Steve Ott or Craig Berube is going to draw up and suddenly there you go. Um, I, the guys just have to do it. And right now something goes wrong every time. And it's not always the same thing, but you know, a puck comes out and there's no one there to stop it or the, the bobbles on the guy's stick and, gets cleared down and it goes 200 feet and they got to chase it and start again. Then they can't get in the zone, you know, getting in the zone, you know, in a in an easy way would, would really help this team. So much of the two minutes is spent trying to get in and get set up. Once I get set up, at least there's some hope, but until then it doesn't seem to happen. Well, and we did, you guys did determine that uh, David Perron was not consulted, was not consulted with the personnel changes uh, that went into the uh, second game against the Kings. So, yeah. uh, well, but he did not put himself in harm's way while admitting that he wasn't consulted. So uh, for, for Jim, I'm, 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 uh, I'm glad that you noticed that. Yes. Yes. Uh, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmer, and I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence. Uh, a reminder that you can get the Netfront along with all of our other podcasts at stltoday.com slash podcast. It's on all of our all your favorite podcast apps, our post-dispatch podcast are there. If you love Missouri sports, if you love baseball, if you love the Billikens, 
great podcast on all those fronts uh, on the sports side. Uh, and also, hey, if you want to, if you haven't subscribed to the paper, please do. You, if you don't have a digital subscription, please add that to your uh, to your viewing pleasure. Until next time, for the guys in the net front, see you later.